0: and welcome to episode 32 of What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Faith Wang, and today I have with me Drug Pie. Alicia Gupta, my friend and fellow Humanity Rising Ambassador, launched the What Cause Inspires You podcast as a way for students to share the service they're doing in their communities. We encourage youth who are, having, who are making a change to improve the world to speak up about their stories and become a leader in the movement. Drove Pai, a student in the STEM Magnet Program in Montgomery Blair High School, Silver Spring, Maryland, is actively engaged in public service. He's the co-founder and president of an international nonprofit organization, Teens Helping Seniors, formed during COVID-19 crisis to provide delivery of groceries and medications to seniors and vulnerable populations. As the brand ambassador and CTO of the nonprofit organization Arts and STEM for Hearts, he enjoys sharing arts, music, and STEM concepts with kids, veterans, and individuals at senior living homes, as well as hospice centers. He's actively involved in volunteering at the Walter Reed National Military Medical Center through the Red Cross program, where he serves the needs of the wounded warriors and veterans in the surgical and amputee clinic as well as children in the cancer unit and also helps elderly veterans suffering with Alzheimer's disease. When Drove is not doing his homework or serving the community, you will find him either singing in his school and community choirs or playing with his two cats. We're recording this presentation and it will be posted shortly on YouTube, Spotify and Apple Music. Be sure to check out www.humanityrising.org and sign up for our email newsletter to keep updated with all the podcast links. Thank you so much for joining us, Drew. Everyone out there who's listening and I myself are excited to learn more. So are we ready to get started?
1: Yep, thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, So could you start off by telling me about yourself?
1: Sure. Um, I think you covered it pretty well, but hey, I'm Dhruv. I'm a junior from Maryland, and I'm an avid volunteer. But outside of that, um, I enjoy gardening. I enjoy baking. um, I enjoy singing in various choirs, mostly classical stuff. But I, I enjoy Bob Marley, which is who you are listening to before the podcast started. Um, and I also enjoy public speech and debate. Um, I'm involved in my school's debate club um, and I've gone to various public speaking tournaments in the past and yeah, that's about it. And in the future, I wanna be one of those quote unquote, crazy cat people, you know the ones with way too many cats for their own good um, because I'm a major cat person and don't tell any of my friends cause they're all dog people.
0: Um, so what motivated you to get started?
1: Um, So I started volunteering in sixth grade, um, which is about six or seven years ago um, in middle school. And so part of the motivation at that time initially um, wasn't so much the volunteering, but really to get involved with my friends, because a lot of my friends were, you know, going to after school clubs and they were helping out with, for example, cleaning up our local parks or cleaning up our local um, streams and rivers. But what really got me on the track of, you know, interest in volunteering and doing volunteering for my own sake and for volunteering's sake Um, was actually my grandparents, because I had spent a lot of time with them, especially when I was younger, and they had instilled in me a philosophy of kind of helping that stranger on the street, someone you don't even know, because they might be in a different situation than you, and you just have to empathize with them, even though you don't know what might be going on, you have to try to help them. And to try to get an understanding of of where this philosophy comes from, you have to look back to kind of my family's roots, which is in rural poor villages in India. And compared to Western philosophies in the United States, communities in India, um, especially rural ones, are very different. Uh, they're, in a word, more communal. Everyone is willing to go out of their way to help each other out. And there's less of an individualism and more of a sort of collectivism. Um, and so when my grandparents came over to, to the US, they brought this philosophy with them. And they always repeat it to me every single time I meet them. That was kind of my starting point. That was why I started, um, you know, spending more time in volunteering, especially in seventh and eighth grade. Um, but then it kind of took off from there as I was able to meet so many new people. I was able to meet, you know, other teens, other friends who were interested in volunteering. I was able to make new friends. I was even able to meet adults and officials, um, even politicians who are interested in social good and all the same things I was interested in. So over time, it really became those connections that were the driving force, that were the motivation behind what I did.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a very important philosophy that you just talked about. So thank you for spreading that message. What advice would you give to youth who wanna get involved?
1: Yep, so um, right now I am I started three different nonprofits. I started the K-Ring, um, which the whole goal of K-Ring is to provide assistance to seniors with Alzheimer's or dementia. And so the real way I saw this need was one time when um, when we went on a road trip, I met an old woman who was at a Starbucks and she had no recollection of, you know, who she was. She didn't even know her name. She didn't know how to get back home. Um, She didn't know her address. And so a police officer was sitting down and chatting with her. um, But she was she was kind of panicking. Right. Because she had no idea how to get home. And, you know, I have never seen something like that, to tell you the truth. I had no idea something like that existed. And so I went home and I Googled it and I saw, hey, there's this real problem out there. There are seniors with dementia who can just get lost, who can just end up on the street. And who knows what's going to happen to them and who knows how we're going to get them back to their loved ones who don't know where they are. Um, And so that's how I started the K-Ring, which is kind of a tool to do something like that. And so that's that's kind of my first piece of advice for teens is to start with a need, right? And it doesn't even have to be something huge. You don't have to tackle big problems um, like climate change. Obviously, if that's the thing for you, then go for it. But even if you see something small in your community, maybe you see that your park has a few too many plastic bags being littered, um, or there are a few too many you know, stray pets that don't that don't have a good life, they're like they're not able to get food or they're in bad condition, right? Then it's just taking that first step to start a nonprofit or start not even a nonprofit, just a small group to try to solve that need that you see. And that's really what happened um, with my other nonprofit Teens Helping Seniors because, you know, I saw a need with my own grandparents during the COVID pandemic. Um, they, were in, they were in risk groups. They didn't want to have to go out and get groceries, but at the same time, they didn't really have a choice, right? Because they had to choose between their essentials and their own personal safety. And so I found out eventually that, you know, it wasn't just my need, right? It was a need of people in my community. I saw other teens at high, at my high school who reached out to me even just within days of me starting the organization and saying, I saw the exact same thing with my loved ones. I want to get involved because this, this means something to me. And not even just teens that I knew, You know, it was teens from across the county, then across the state, then even in New York, and then in Canada. And suddenly we're international because people are just willing to reach out and take that initiative and so that's really the second lesson right you want to take initiative if you see something that interests you that's out there you want to take that first step and i know this has been probably repeated many times um but this is this is really just the important part right here so i'm just going to drive it home once more is to take that first step um to join whatever volunteer organization or cause that you're interested in um even if you're not sure even if you're not sure because you can just try it out And if you enjoy what you're doing, then continue and continue to invest more time and effort and the results will pay off.
0: That's super powerful advice. So thank you so much. What were, did you have any challenges that you faced and do you have any advice on how you overcame them or any stories?
1: Yep. So, um, to tell you the truth, if you met my seventh grade or sixth grade self and you met my current self you would see two very different people. I was I was quiet, I was reserved. I was I was introverted. I still am to tell you the truth but um, mm-hmm. honestly, you know I really didn't even when I got involved with volunteering, I you know kind of sometimes stayed a follower, right I was content with being a follower for the most part, right I I was kind of scared of leadership. I was apprehensive of taking the first step of you know being in charge of something. Because I felt that, you know, that was a lot of responsibility and that that was overwhelming um, at the time. And so that was kind of a big barrier for me. Um, and from what I've been told, it, it was a big barrier for a lot of my friends as well. Um, in what whatever activities they're involved with, you know, stepping up from being a leader, uh, from being a follower to a leader um, is a huge challenge. And really the way I kind of got, you know, I kind of dove in headfirst because, Arts and STEM for Hearts um, is an organization that one of my friends started um, when we were interning with the Red Cross at a local hospital. And so she said she was starting this organization she's, she's a natural leader and she said, you know, hey I want you to come and be the brand, brand ambassador for this organization I want you to be in a leadership role. And I was like, Okay, I've never done that before I, I have no idea what that entails. Um, but you know, I, I chose to go with it because I figured you know what's what's the worst that could happen. And so, from there, you know, from just being from being the brand ambassador, um I'm now the CTO of the organization, um, and it's grown to being almost international now. Um, and I've even had the courage to start my own organization, teens helping seniors. And so it's that first step in leadership that was difficult for me. Um but even after that, there were there were a lot more difficulties along the way. Um, as I'm sure any person who's starting a small nonprofit will tell you, It is a it is a nightmare to get past that first hurdle that first hurdle is really expanding getting the word out getting people on your side getting people who are interested in your cause. um, You know volunteering, and so when we started out, like I said, we were just a few friends uh, meeting after high school um, to deliver to seniors in our Community medications groceries whatever they needed and. We and people are apprehensive to join our organization, and for good reason, right? It was a nonprofit that they never heard of. Um, we didn't have any media attention at the time. We barely had any social media, um, and so you know, it was it was hard to get volunteers. We had to go to on a personal basis, on an individual basis, reach out to small uh, small groups of people or individual people, and say, um, "Hey, I know you from such and such, and would you be interested in joining our organization? This is what we do." Um, And this is what, you know, we would expect you to do in terms of responsibilities. It's really hard to get past that first step when it comes to a nonprofit. Um, But if you get past that first step, then it's really, I don't want to say home free, but you know, your life gets a lot easier from there because you have people on your side who are willing to do stuff for you, who are willing to help you. I remember initially I had to, you know, sift through the dozens of delivery requests we get through each day manually because it was just a small team working on it. But as more and more people signed on, we have people who are committed to the cause who are willing to go out of their way to, you know, advance this cause and to help people who need it. And so those are probably the two major hurdles that I faced and and thankfully, you know, I surmounted. Um, but an important lesson here is that it, I, it didn't happen easily, right? And it takes a lot of perseverance um, to get over these different steps but if you do, I promise, I promise, I promise, the rewards are tremendous.
0: Yeah, I definitely can relate and I'm sure that many other high schoolers can relate to your story of being shy and then stepping out as a leader. So it really just takes inspiration like you. Um, could you give an example of something that made you appreciate doing what you're doing right now?
1: Yeah, so I'd say that you know these these kind of moments of appreciation are are really what makes it worth it in the long term. Um, and so, one example is um, with teens helping seniors. What we're doing again is delivering, um, with with no with no additional delivery fee, we're delivering um, groceries, medications to seniors and other vulnerable people in the community. And so, one of our earlier earliest um, requests for groceries um, was from a local senior who lives in, I think, about two or three miles away from my house. And so. What she said was, you know, I, I'm in I'm in need of groceries and I have no way of getting these groceries. Um, and so could you could you supply me with weekly deliveries? And so every single week, um, when we went to her house to deliver groceries, she would always come out, she would always stand, I mean, obviously socially distanced, right, wearing a mask. Um, but then she'd always, you know, kind of she'd always smile at us and say, you know, I don't know what we do without you. I don't know what we do without you. And she just she just repeat that phrase. And so, honestly, in the beginning, we, we really didn't know, you know, what she was talking about, because to our kind of immature teen brains, it was like um, it, such a such a profound statement, such a human statement, it didn't really make sense to us, we couldn't really understand it. Um, but, but then we kind of came to learn that um, she didn't really have any relatives to depend on during this time um she herself had some had some health issues she had a son who had down syndrome uh, who can't go to the grocery store um and so she, there really was uh, no other option and so it's kind of those moments of those kind of those moments of appreciation right it's it's kind of being there for someone not only doesn't make them feel good but it really makes you feel good as well and so uh, i guess another example i can give was we were delivering to a kid with cancer, unfortunately, um, as part of Teens Helping Seniors. And unfortunately, he passed away. But um, before he left, you know, he said some of the some of the most kindest and most appreciative things about what we were doing. And so um, I won't go into too much detail there. But that was a really profound moment um, for all of us who are helping him. And so we really miss him. And it's 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 all about those the small moments and and you know what what they constitute in terms of volunteering and it's about the small victories in life.
0: Yeah, those are definitely some very heart- heartfelt moments, and thank you for sharing them. Um, so I know that you help a lot with seniors. So how do you involve other generations in your activities?
1: Yeah, so a lot of my I guess part of part of my goal in terms of my nonprofit organizations that I'm involved with is really about bridging that gap. Um, that intergenerational divide between our youngest and our oldest. Um, So when we talk about arts and STEM for hearts, for example, um, what we're doing is we're not only delivering to the elderly in nursing homes, we're also delivering to children's in the children's cancer hospital, uh, children in the children's cancer hospital. Uh, We're even delivering to doctors on the front lines of the pandemic. And what we are delivering, we're delivering these small, like, stress relief kits and games they can play with just simple things right that can really brighten someone's day and so you know we started out with just delivering to one group of people right providing to one small group of people and it's really like we saw a need and we realized the need is so much more beyond that there is no there's no shortage of human suffering if you if you look for it but there's also no shortage of hope and so what we've whenever we see a need Um, What me and other volunteers, other dedicated volunteers, like I mentioned earlier, the founder of Arts and Stem for Hearts, um, she's willing to go out of her way to, you know, get to these other people and to help them, even if they're from, you know, different age groups, different generations. And for teens helping seniors, I mean, it's, it might sound, you know, like it's only one generation, right? Teens helping seniors, only teens. And it, it really did start out that way, right? Because we were all teens and we figured that was, that was an apt name. And then we realized that not only are there more people who need the service, but there are more people who are interested in being part of the service, right? There are more people who are interested in volunteering than just teens, right? So we've had college students sign on. We've had pre-teens sign on. We've had adults sign on. Um, and in fact, a lot of times adults are, are necessary to sign on because uh, some of these kids that are part of our organization don't have a driver's license, right? And there, there's no way for they, them to get to deliveries that might be you know, 10, 12, 15 miles away. And so and a lot of times the parents are the unsung heroes. They have to go help out. And so it's really about not only like, it's a, about seeing a need and it's also about, you know, recruiting whoever you can, who's willing to help because it's really the more the merrier when it comes to things like this. And so, you know, um, what generation you're in shouldn't be a barrier to whether you're a recipient um, or whether you're or whether you're a participant in the volunteering activity.
0: That's definitely um, incredibly inspirational that you're able to unite all these different generations in a single cause. Um, and that's really the message of humanity rising. So thank you so much for joining us um, and for spreading that message in your own ways too. So with your multiple organizations, where do you see yourself taking them in the future?
1: Yeah, so like you were just saying, you know, we want to continue our our intergenerational dialogue, right? We want to continue to facilitate um you know conversations between the youngest and the oldest and and everywhere in between in between because that's the only way well in in my mind at least that's the only way that we can have this exchange of ideas that's necessary for our society and even our democracy to function Um, and so we want to continue this we want to continue this service even post pandemic right because even after the pandemic there's there's plenty of people who will still need services like these, who will still need ways to get groceries without the expensive add-on costs of Uber Eats or anything like that. Um, and so we, we plan to continue delivering to them, um, as well as, for example, we partnered with a veteran organization um, called Serving Together, and we're actually delivering produce boxes and you know other supplies to veterans. And so that's something we anticipate continuing um, in the for- foreseeable future, for sure. And even apart from that, Right apart from you know an organization just doing it's like it's set purpose right because our initial mission statement for teens helping seniors was doing these deliveries. But we've come to realize that it's it's more than that, so you know i've personally i've partnered with various organizations, including the alzheimer's foundation of America and what we're doing there is. It's not—it's not something that you would expect, right? When it, when you think of teens helping seniors, you think of a delivery organization, but we're actually spreading resources. We're spreading awareness about these issues. We're spreading resources about, for example, memory screenings um, for patients um, for el- for the elderly who might have dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, we're even giving out information about fire safety um, for those who might need it during the COVID pandemic. And so, even though a nonprofit organization might start out as doing something and it might start out in its own bubble as it often does Nonprofit organizations volunteer groups they really succeed when they're working in conjunction with other issues other causes other groups that are also inspired and are also passionate about the same things and so that's part of what we've been doing with teens helping seniors with arts and stem for hearts we plan to continue to do that to continue to provide to more people and to connect with more, you know, different populations that potentially could benefit from such a service.
0: I'm really excited to see what you do in the future, and I'm sure many of our listeners do as well. Um, so where can people find your story and follow your journey?
1: So Teens Helping Seniors and Arts and Center for Hearts both have websites, you can go check them out. Teens Helping Seniors is at teenshelpingseniors.org. Um, and then we're also for both of those we're also on various social media, Twitter. Uh, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you look for it, will be there. Um, so feel free to reach out to us there. And if you want to contact um, me personally, uh, you can email stempathy.org. And so S-T-E-M-P-A-T-H-Y.org at gmail.com. Um, and so I think I forgot to talk about this earlier, but uh, Stempathy is a nonprofit that I'm starting to bridge the gap between volunteering and STEM, because I think too often scientific research happens in kind of this ivory tower uh, of education, and it doesn't really help the people, and it doesn't go out to help the people who need it the most, especially the underserved and the underprivileged, and so um, I'm starting that organization, and if you're interested in potentially joining that organization, then you can reach out to me with the aforementioned email, Um, and I think we can release... Uh, all of all of the various addresses and websites I just said, along with the podcast, yeah.
0: we'll also be attaching them in our YouTube description in case anyone has other um, questions that they'd like talking about. Um about.
1: That sounds good. And you can email me with any any requests, uh, anything you might need. And if you're you know willing to get involved, if you if you're even interested in getting involved, then we'd love to have you and we'd love to find something for you to do so you can actually so you can go out and help people.
0: So thank you so much for joining us today, Drew. The work you're doing for seniors in the community and for everything else that you're doing is incredibly inspiring. So I really appreciate that you joined us today and shared with us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here as part of Humanity Rising.